This is PhotoBizX, episode number 527, and today, something a little different. We're talking about commercial and advertising photography with a French photographer who is now based in the US and made the transition to this genre from wedding photography. So it's not totally foreign, and I think it's going to give you some great ideas if you've thought about entering into the advertising or commercial world of photography for profit. Our special guest is Guillaume Lechat, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the PhotoBiz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, host of the PhotoBizX podcast, where I interview guests from around the world to help you build a better photography business, even faster than going it alone. And I know you're going to love today's special guest, not only for what he shares in this interview, but also for his incredible accent. It is very difficult, well, it was for me, to not be distracted by his amazing accent, but I can promise you he shares a ton, including pricing, licensing, copyright, how to find your first clients in the advertising world and what it takes to get noticed in that world and start booking jobs. So much to learn from Guillaume. And again, that's coming up in just a minute. Now, if you didn't catch last week's episode with photography business and mindset coach Joel Dunn, make sure you get back and have a listen to that one. As usual, Joel shared a ton in that episode. In the interview, he did say something very interesting. He said that You don't have to be, and I guess you've probably heard this in the past, you don't have to be an amazing photographer to have a profitable business, but you do need to be a good photographer, that is for sure. And what Joel said in that interview was that it only takes him a few seconds, certainly not even a minute, to look at someone's website and say yes or no, they have the abilities to have a profitable business. Well, I didn't say in last week's episode, but I've since hit Joel up and checked that it was okay and he agreed that if you want him to look at your website, you can send him your URL, your website URL via email to joel at jdmindsetcoaching.com.au and he will have a look at your website and give you the thumbs up or thumbs down or whether or not your photography is where it needs to be. Now, of course, This may not apply to you if you are already successful in business, but if you're unsure, if your photography is where it needs to be, then again, shoot him an email. Only send him your URL. Do not send him a gallery of images with a ton of attachments. Just send him your website URL. It's joel at jdmindsetcoaching.com.au and he'll give you that thumbs up or thumbs down and some feedback on your portfolio. And of course, he also shared so much in that episode from last week. So get back and have a listen to that one if you haven't heard it yet. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Guillaume. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. The good news is you can access the full interview for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. There are more details about that over at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. 
Something different for today's episode of the podcast, I have an advertising photographer who knows how to transition from wedding photography into this industry. And I'm looking forward to learning why and how you could potentially do the same if it's a good fit for you. So a bit of a background on our guest. He grew up in Paris and attended photography school in 2002. In 2004, he started his photography career as a studio assistant in one of the biggest Parisian studios. In 2006, he traveled to LA for six months to shoot pictures. He didn't know at the time, but the images he created there helped him get work back in Europe because of how unique they were. And then in 2008, he lived in Sydney for a couple of years, shooting mainly fashion. And in 2010, he moved back to Europe to get serious about advertising, lifestyle, portrait photography. And there, he shot campaigns for Nike, Budweiser, eBay, Electrolux, Saudi Airlines, and more. And since 2018, he's been based in Florida in the US. I'm talking about Guillaume Lisha, and I am rapt to have him with us now. Guillaume, welcome. Hello. Well, thanks. That was a nice introduction. <laughs> uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for welcoming me. Happy to be here with my uh, French accent. I was going to say, it's going to be very difficult for me to not start trying to copy your French accent because it sounds amazing. <laughs> I, love, I love France. I love the French people. Tell me about photography in France, particularly, and uh, in Paris. Is it much different to what you've experienced in other parts of the world? I think so, yeah. All right. So first, when I did my photography school, so, so I started uh, photography pretty late. You know, I was probably like uh, 18 years old and, you know, like you are in high school and you're like, oh my God, what are I going to do? And it was kind of, uh, it was like early 2000. So it was uh, like MTV was popping up, a lot of like images, magazine and things like that. And I feel like growing up in Paris, I always been attracted by visual stuff because Paris is so visual. So, so I was like, okay, well, let's go, let's go and let's do a uh, photography. And also, <laughs> and also for the, for the little story, also like it was the beginning of internet and stuff like that. And I ended up on a fashion TV website. And I ended up watching some behind the scene of uh, photo shoots. And, and, you know, it was kind of like the photographer somewhere on an island shooting models. The guy was wearing like a, a, a board short. Uh, I was like, oh, damn, that, that, that sounds like a good job. So uh, I came to my mom and I was like, uh, I not go to university. I'm going to do like a photography school. She was like, she was like, ha, ha, ha. It's not happening. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's happening. But most of the photography school in Paris, uh, you have to pay. It's not free. So I was doing jobs on the side. So I did my photography school. So to reply to your question, at the time when I started, it was still on a film. It was film photography. Uh, so it was, it was totally different. So, so my photography school was based on like film photography. You, we used to spend probably 80% of the time in the black room. And it was really kind of like, you know, kind of like an artist school. Uh, we learned a lot about history of photography. East, like the first year was only black and white. It was really a craft. It was really a craft learning experience. Uh, I feel like now. Fast, fast forward with like digital and everything. I feel a photographer needs to become first like a marketer and then a photographer, which is a bit sad, but it's the way it is. But, um, so yeah, yeah, I feel like uh, France or Europe, we still have a strong connection with the world of art, with art. And there is still something a bit 
crafty and a bit uh, passionate about it. I can see the difference. I'm not, I don't know in Australia, but I can totally see the difference between, uh, let's see, a young photographer in Paris and a young photographer in, in America. In America, it's going to be like straight away, like branding, marketing, all the tools you need, the, like the SEO, the, the everything. And in Paris, in France or in Europe, I think there is something still a bit more like, oh, I'm passionate about it. And then I will figure out. I like that. One of the things, and I'm not sure if this is true, you'll be able to tell me, in Australia, in America, I mean, I can walk down the street, I can photograph, I can ask people to take their photos, I can just take uh, candid photos, documentary type photos, I can practice my photography as much as I want. I get the idea or I believe that in Paris or France or Europe, France in particular, people are a lot more private. They don't want you to take their photo or you're not allowed to take their photo. Is that true? The thing is like Paris is a big city. So uh, people are like a bit stressed, a bit more like aggressive. So when I was younger, when I started the, my photography school, the, you know, you, you, the teacher was like, okay, you have to do street portraits and stuff. So I figured out my main target were old people because old people, uh, like they don't run fast. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, so I was, uh, I still have like, I think pretty good portraits. So I was photographing old people because the worst things it can happen. It was like they get a bit grumpy, but they can't really fight you. So, so that was my main, my main target. Like in the subway, in the metro, I was getting uh, really close to them, like without uh, obviously like telling them. And I had like a little remote in my pocket. And when the doors of the metro was closing, toot, I was like, <laughs> I, was I love it. But uh, no, yeah, and I think like now, especially now, people are used to to uh, to to see phones, camera everywhere. Uh, back in the day, it was something more uh, conservative, let's say. Mm -hmm. So when you got your start, when you decided to pursue photography, was weddings the first thing that you went after? So I needed money. I was in my photography school and then I ended up in this big uh, wedding photography production thing. So we were four or five photographers and we were shooting those massive French Jewish wedding with, uh, uh, like 500 people, thousand people. I think the biggest was like 2000 something. And so we were, so it was a bit crazy. So at this point, I had my first uh, digital camera, Canon 20D, I think. <laughs> and then, and then I kind of like start photography like that, professional, let's say professional photography like that, uh, with like shooting weddings. So I was uh, sweating. Uh, I was, uh, at the time, and at the time, you, like your ISO, I think the max was like 1600 and it was super, super disgusting, like super grainy. <laughs> uh, so I think the max you can go was like 800. So yeah, so I kind of learned the, the hard way for like uh, two years every uh, Friday, Saturday. But that was, that was fun. That was fun. Especially, you know, when you start, you just want to shoot, you know, and, and, and you get, you get paid. You're like, oh, I'm getting paid. So that was fun. That was fun for like two years. And then I finished my photography school. Of course, at my photography school, we didn't have any business classes, like nothing, which is, which is insane, uh, right now to think about that. But we didn't have any uh, business classes. It was like, okay, you, you are good to go. Uh, so after that, I decided to be a, a studio assistant in one of the biggest studios in, uh, in Paris. Uh, it started with an internship and then, and then I stayed a bit longer, which was 
super super fun because as a studio assistant like you don't have any pressure basically except bringing the right tea or the right coffee to the people so um, but I was on set but I was on set and I was watching and I was watching like big photographers coming to shoot uh, Vogue. It was really like fashion-y to shoot like Vogue. I was watching like Peter Lindbergh, Paolo Roversi, like doing like crazy, like kind of like the old school, you know, the really, really old school fashion uh, photographer. And so that was, uh, that was really cool. That was really cool. And then I was painting the, the cyclo every night. Uh, so that was, that was really fun. And so that's how I think that's how. And then on the side, I was starting to assist other photographer. So yeah, I was kind of like a full-time assistant, which is, as I say, which is like super fun because you don't have any pressure. You know, like you go on set, you are the assistant, so obviously like you, you can't mess up, but you don't have the pressure as the photographer can have. So I really enjoyed that. I learned a ton on that. And then on the side, obviously I was uh, starting to create my portfolio. And also thing which is like super, super important if you have people who are listening to that and they, they just start photography, the chance I had is I was still living at my mom's place. So for the first like two years after my photography school, I was still living at my, at my mom's place. So I didn't have this um, money situation, you know, because like, like you want to be a photographer, but basically like you have stuff to pay. So you are like, okay, I'm going to get a little job on the side, but your little job is becoming like, like crazy. And then, and then you don't have the motivation or the time or the energy to put in your photography. So for me, it was really like a hundred percent photography. So I was assisting or I was working on my portfolio. So I was shooting. So looking back, do you think you learned how to become a photographer at photography school or as an assistant? Like which one was more integral in you becoming the photographer that you are today? Yeah. So the photography school was, was nice, was cool because it made me think before taking a picture, you know, like it was film photography, 36 uh, images. It makes you like, okay, how it's going to be, how it's going to look like. I can't mess up. So technically that was, that was good because uh, you have access to a studio. You have access to like a lot of equipment, uh, equipment. Of course you can't, you can't get uh, when you start. So technically it was good, but but it's not the reality. I mean, my, my uh, school wasn't the reality. It was, uh, it was, as I said, uh, no business, uh, nothing about business, nothing about, nothing about website or blah, blah. It was like, okay, you're good to go. So, so <laughs> I knew all the history of photography and I knew how to, uh, to calculate my depth of field on paper, <laughs> like, you know, like crazy, like mathematics, but it wasn't the real, uh, it wasn't the real thing. It wasn't like professionally, it was, it was zero. So yeah, yeah I, I learned, I learned a lot. Uh, obviously, like, the more you shoot, the more you learn. Mm -hmm. So where did you learn the business side to make you what you are today? Well, it came after like five years or something like that. I was really, you know, like the first, uh, my first five years, I was really kind of, uh, kind of the creative artist. You know, you are young and uh, I had zero business side, like zero, zero. For me, it was like, I'm going to shoot what I want to shoot. I'm going to make nice picture and it's going to be enough. But obviously it's not enough. So my career really popped up when I was like, okay, I need to be more business and I need to understand how it works. So yeah, I don't know if you want to jump into advertising or if you want to do the transition. Yeah, I'll ask you a couple more questions. But just yeah, 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 of course. when we were exchanging emails, you told me that Today you charge between five and twenty thousand dollars. So somewhere along the line, you learnt about business. 
okay, I'm going to tell you what. It's not I charge. It's like the price of the market. It's like the price of advertising. It's basically in advertising. We'll talk about it later, but they have a budget. Advertising agencies, they have a budget. And basically now, 10 years ago, it wasn't like that. 10 years ago, they were asking you like, okay, how much is, how much is your, is your day rate and stuff. But now they come to you and they're like, we have that much. Do you want it or not? Generally, you want it. (laughs) (laughs) Generally, uh, it's like, okay, okay, 10K. Okay. So it's, uh, it's your day rate plus the rights. So, so we can talk about it uh, after, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, but basically you can make uh, really good money when, obviously, when you get the job, jobs that are, uh, more, way much harder to get than portrait session or than like a wedding session. It can take, uh, it can take uh, six months a year, uh, to get the job you wanted. Well, take me to the point in your life when you actually started to photograph advertising work for yourself yeah or are you still do you work for yourself now or do you work for a bigger company no no i always work for myself always work as a as a friend right so how did that start when and how did that start for you to be shooting yeah advertising so i was doing fashion coming uh, i did not even uh, think about advertising i was doing fashion but and then i realized okay my fashion I wasn't into like the outfit. I wasn't into the makeup. I was into the person. So, you know, when the makeup artist was like, we're going to do some smoky eyes. And I was like, no, no, let's do something natural. When the wardrobe stylist was like, oh, I'm going to get some, I got some, this crazy outfit and bag. I, I was like, oh, let's go back to. So I realized, and that was like the same, like kind of like five years uh, in, I realized, okay, I like to shoot people. I like to shoot in a kind of a natural, natural way. And for me, it was more about the expression, the vibe than it was more about the story than the story around than, uh, than yes, than the outfit or, or like a nice makeup, something too fake. So I realized, okay, that's my style because also because you realize your style is uh, who you are. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, for example, I'm not precise at all. I had uh, something too uh, precise to like uh, stage and stuff. And so I can't do still life, you know, like, uh, and photographer would do still life. Generally, you go to their place and everything is like perfect, you know, because they like, that's what they like. So I realized, okay, I like, I like uh, uh, the energy. I like uh, the real, real moment. I'm going to do that. But I wasn't exactly sure like, okay, how can I monetize that? And then, um, okay, so the funny thing is at the time I was living, uh, my background is a bit uh, chaotic, but in a nice way. But so at the time I was living in uh, Brussels in Belgium. And so on the side, I did like a print shop uh, website. And so this print shop website, and it was a bit arty, it was a bit like a grainy black and white, but, and so it kind of like uh, worked out and... uh, like, you know, like some website uh, was selling my prints and it became like kind of a big thing. And then, so I was in Brussels and then a girl from an agency. One day I'm receiving like an email and it was like a girl from a photography uh, agent agency who was like, oh, I bought your print. Uh, I love it. I'm an agent in a photography agency in Antwerp. Do you want to come? And uh, I, we would like to represent you. Amazing. So, so I had... N- I had no idea. I was like, what, what is she talking about representing me? <laughs> so I went there and she was like, okay, so we are doing like advertising. 
we are doing a, a kind of like fashion, but in a lifestyle way. And we would love to we'd love you to be a part of the agency. We like your picture. So I was like, okay. And so, so that was really the entry of advertising. Like uh, uh, three weeks later, she called me. She was like, okay, I have this campaign for you. It's a two days a shoot. It's a 10K. And I was like, what? I was like, what? Uh, I was like, oh my God, thank you. She was like, yeah, because you're going to use the picture or like, uh, uh, internationally. Na, 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 na. And for me, I was like, God, that's insane. Like, that's like, we spent 10K for like two days of shoot. So I did it and, and it went uh, pretty well, apparently. Okay. I want to ask you a couple of quick things. So your print shop was all grainy black and white. Yeah. But somehow this agent, uh, this lady from the agency, she's realized that you could shoot color and natural candid photography. No, no, actually, no, it was, there was some color stuff. And the print she bought was a picture I took at the time in LA because I, w I went to LA for like six months and I shoot like a lot of stuff. And when I came back to Europe, people loved it because it was uh, different. So that was a good thing to do. And actually, when I went there, it was also to, uh, for the life experience. So this is where the LA photography helped you get work in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Like, like a good advice, a good advice is, try to uh, go somewhere for, for even for like a month, somewhere different, you know, and shoot, but you have to, you have to try to shoot quality stuff. You have to like find models, good models, ask, uh, ask the model agency and stuff like that. And so, yeah, like I did that like few times and every time the people, uh, you come back to Europe and you know, like they're like, Oh, Venice beach. Oh, amazing. No, no, no. So, so yeah. So no, so the print shop, no, no, there was some black and white, but there was some color and the picture she bought was a, a basically like a, just a, a silhouette of a girl and there was like a, a purple car like proper like LA stuff like purple car in front and a brick uh, wall in the background and there was a bit of movement and the hair was like was like in front of the, of the girl and and yeah, I mean it was quite a nice picture but yeah so so I ended up in this agency which was good like like I started to uh, as a advertising photographer. I started to like travel and so they were like, Oh, we have this campaign and it's going to be in uh, Ibiza. And I was like, okay. Uh, and it's like, you're going to travel business class. You're going to go in like five star hotel. And I was like, Oh my God. So, <laughs> so it became this big thing, like pretty quickly without. And once again, like I wasn't doing any branding. I wasn't doing like any like marketing. I think it was, I think Instagram didn't even exist. Like, like, you know, it was, it was really, um, it came just like that. But yeah, yeah. So I realized, uh, okay, that's, that's maybe my, uh, my way. So, uh, one thing I was still doing on the side, I was still shooting personal stories. That's something I, I always did. That's something I still do. I still do because you do your best picture when you shoot personal stories. And I feel like that's the same. If you do a wedding or portrait, I feel like if it's for yourself, if it's for your portfolio, you're going to try different things. And you're gonna, it, it, and it's, um, it should not, it should not, I should not say that, you know, I should not say like, uh, my best pictures are for personal stories because, because obviously when you get paid, you want to do the best, but you don't have the same pressure. You don't have the same pressure when it's uh, just uh, for yourself and there is no client. Uh, so I feel it's the same also in a portrait photography or, or wedding. Let me ask you, Guillaume, when you went to do this first shoot for this agency, this two day shoot for $10,000, did you still turn up with your Canon 60D or did you have to go and hire medium format gear? Did you have assistance or was it just you turning up? 
Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So at the time I had like a Canon 5D Mark II. So it was pretty good. So my camera was pretty good, but I didn't know anything about, uh, uh, they were like, okay, so who is your uh, uh, digital assistant? I know. <laughs> I was like, uh, so I took a friend. Uh, I was like, do you know, uh, do you know, the capture one? So, so basically, so quickly, when you shoot advertising, you have generated, you have one lighting assistant, one digital assistant, digital assistant. That's the guy you are, you are generated, you are connected, you are tethered and you are using capture one as a software because, uh, I don't know, that's the pretentiousness of, uh, of advertising. <laughs> they don't, we don't use Lightroom. We don't use Lightroom. And so basically they were like, uh, okay. Uh, um, so I arrived with like a friend who know a tiny bit of, uh, capture one, but it wasn't professional at all. Like it wasn't professional at all. I did good picture and stuff, but, uh, if I think about it, I'm like, Oh my God, like, uh, like the, the laptop was just on a chair, you know, like, uh, <laughs> almost falling on a chair. Um, yeah, I was, I was quite, uh, that was quite something, but, um, so yeah, yeah. So my camera was okay. My lens was okay. And the thing also when you do advertising is you can rent, there is a production company. So basically you are like, okay, I need, uh, uh, this camera. I need this lens. I need, uh, this, uh, lights and they, and they say yes. <laughs> so, so sometimes you can ask a lot because just to try, you know, you're like, Oh, I see this, uh, this new lens. I'd love to try. And then you, you try it and, and, and you're like, okay, but yeah, yeah. So, so that's, um, that's also the thing with advertising is it's big budget. You know, like if I get paid, for example, 10K a day, that means the total budget is probably like uh, 50K, you know, between the models, between uh, everything, like all the people they have to pay. So it's kind of big budget, which is also a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure because you realize quickly that people are spending a lot of money. And obviously you as a photographer, you kind of, uh, you have a bit of pressure to deliver what they want. So obviously, like when you shoot wedding, you also have pressure because if you miss something, you can't reshoot it. But advertising, there is like this kind of uh, uh, big budget, big money when basically uh, they want the best for what they pay. So that's the done part of it. Are you working with a an art director or is it your creativity, your vision that you're producing? Okay, so that's a, that's also a good question. So, okay, so generally, generally. There is like this big brand, there is this brand. They have like an advertising agency. They hire an advertising agency to do their next campaign or to do, uh, you know, their social and campaign and everything. So in this advertising agency, you have creative people, creative people. They work on the creative and they show to the client. The client is like, yeah, okay. Okay. I like this idea. Okay. We like this idea. Now we're going to produce it. And so they need, okay, we need a photographer to produce that. We want to do something, uh, let's say like super lifestyle, uh, lot of energy, lot of movement. Oh, I know, I know, uh, three or five photographers that can make it. So basically when you get contacted the first time, they are like, are you available at those dates? We are shooting this. Can we do a quick uh, creative call? That's what they say, like a creative call. So you're like, okay, at this point, you know, you are not the only one. You know, there is like three or five other photographers. So when you do the creative call, you are talking with the creative and they're like, okay, we want to shoot this. No, no, no. What will you bring? What's your vision? So they have the idea, but they want you to, uh, obviously to put a bit more uh, creativity into that. So, so on the call, you're like, okay, I gonna, 
if it was me, I'm going to light it like that. So it's going to create like this. I will probably use this kind of environment. So the product will be better. I will probably use, so what kind of casting would you, would you want? I will probably use like this kind of casting. How do you work? I work like this. So you kind of have to go in their direction, like obviously, but you, uh, also have to bring something they didn't think about. So it's a bit of tricky. Uh, it's a bit of tricky because uh, obviously you want them to uh, to trust you, but you have to you have to bring some things. They're like, oh yeah, I didn't think about it. Or like, oh yeah, that's a good point. And when when they say that, you're like, yes. <laughs> so you do this creative call, like generic an hour with uh, two, three, or five people on on Zoom. Uh, you you never know exactly. Like, uh, did you say one hour? It's a one hour call. Yeah. Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but because basically they don't want to hire uh, someone they regret. If they hire someone, uh, someone who mess up, the client's not going to be happy. It's going to go back to the agency, you know, like, and they can lose, and they can lose a client, basically. So yeah, yeah. So it starts like that. And then they're like, okay. And then they're like, okay, uh, we like that. Can you do a, a treatment? So Guillaume, let me just ask you quickly. Can you talk about this in relation to the last client that you had or give us an example of a real client? Like, who was the last person you shot for? Okay. So I shot in Nashville. I just moved to Florida, but I shot in Nashville and I shot this um, big campaign for Aura. Aura, it's uh, A-U-R-A. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's in Australia. I think it's it's in Europe. It's basically, it's a, it's a device. It's a, a frame. It's a digital frame, but it's connected to an app. So for example, you uh, give uh, this digital frame to your uh, grandmother and with the app or to your mother and and with the app you can send send her pictures on the app that goes on the frame not sure if it was totally clear but uh yep got it i'm actually looking at it right now aura frames that it looks yep. yeah yeah beautiful okay i've got it so that was a big campaign they are based in california uh they were shooting in nashville there was some also a, a video part on the side I was uh, directing. So yeah, so, so on this thing, so it was a real lifestyle. We shot it in two days. Uh, a lot of casting because generally they want the maximum pictures they can, they can get. So, uh, uh, a lot of casting and basically it was kind of a slice of life with the frame somewhere in the picture. Okay, so the agency calls you, you have a Zoom call. Yeah. This is for this uh, original uh, casting call, if you like, for the photographer. Yeah. And then you came up with some ideas in that call that sold you on them. Yeah, and so and then they're like, okay, we like that. Can you do a treatment? So a treatment, it's basically a PDF. A PDF with what you, what you told them, but a nice PDF, and then you send, it to, you send it to them. So that's kind of a long process. It's kind of like, yeah, we want to shoot in like a month, or like sometimes like we want to shoot in like two months. So it's kind of a long process. So at this point, you kind of uh, spend a bit of time to uh, on the Zoom call, on the treatment, but you, have, you don't know. You don't know if it's going to be you or, or not. And then if you are uh, good enough or lucky enough, <laughs> they're like, okay, you are in. And then you are in and it's like, okay, that's cool. So when you start to be in, it's a uh, production. So uh, basically when I say like 10K a day, sometimes you don't get paid for the pre-production you work you do, which means it's going to be like casting. So it's going to send you like a, a lot of people and you're like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And sometimes it's like a lot of people. 
And then from the yes, no, yes, no, you do like a short list and then they show it to the client and the client is like, okay, this one, this one, this one. Same for the location. They send a, a lot of location and you're like, oh, this one's going to work because of that. This one, this one won't work. And then generally you go and see the location. So you do like a pre, uh, Ricky, like, uh, you go and see the location. You are like, okay, we're going to put a light here. Okay. That's good for, uh, for, for, so the pre-production is huge. Basically, when you arrive on set, you know, everyone know exactly what they're going to do. So basically in terms of creativity, let's say your creativity is mostly before the shoot and during the shoot, you can tweak, you can tweak a bit of stuff, but uh, you know, like exactly like, okay, we're going to shoot this. It's going to be here. That's pretty much the frame we're going to, we're going to do. And that's pretty much the action. Or, or... So yeah, yeah. In terms of creativity, if you did enough work pre-production on the day, it should be uh, pretty easy to get the pictures you, you signed for. So you pretty much make a shot list for the whole shoot. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Wow, it's not pretty much. It's like uh, you have a shot list. <laughs> That's it. So you have to deliver that shot list. Yeah. So let's say you get the shot that you want on the first frame. Do you still shoot 10 or 15 other variations so the client can choose or you just get the one? Okay. That's it. Let's move to the next set. So before, so let's say like, um, like, uh, f- even like five years, eight years ago, the number of images on your shot list was uh, way much shorter. You know, it was like, uh, it was like, uh, let's shoot uh, five images a day. Let's shoot uh, 10 images a day. 10 images was like generally the, the max. And now, because people want more picture because of like uh, all the social, it's more like, okay, you have uh, five minutes for this picture. So you're like, okay, I have five minutes, which is, which is okay because uh, I shoot lifestyle. So generally it's like movement and stuff like that. So I don't like to spend too much time kind of redoing, you know, when you redo something, it's, it, it's always like look weird. Um, so which is fine. But the thing is, uh, when you get the shot, basically they're like, okay, we have the shot, let's move. And even if you're like, oh, wait a minute, let's try this. They're like, no, no, let's move, let's move. Because your shot list is like uh, 30 pictures. And is someone shooting Instagram stories behind you or video or is that someone else or is it your assistant who's got to capture that video as well? Because I'm guessing they want all this uh-huh. stuff. Uh, they want, they want everything. <laughs> they want everything. So no, 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 my assistant are my assistant. So they, so my light assistant is ready to, if he has to move something, and sometimes, and I shoot like, uh, uh, mostly like daylight. So sometimes I have a, like a light assistant and the guy is, is not doing anything. And I'm like, Oh, I need a reflector. And then up oh, is popping up a reflector. But, uh, but yeah, no, no, he's light assistant and digital assistant. Digital assistant is the most important because that's really like the guy behind his computer. And that's the guy who's gonna, who's gonna tell you first is gonna tell you is gonna be like, Oh, a bit underexposed because you know, when you shoot tethered, you don't have, uh, you don't see basically. So the DG is really, really important. I had my DG for, uh, when I was in Europe, I had the same uh, digital uh, assistant, digital tech for like eight years, right? which was super cool. So if, if there's a budget for the photographer, let's say it's $10,000 for a day, the digital assistant, his pay has to come out of that too, doesn't it? No, no. Oh, separate. It's a different, a different budget. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's just for you, right? Okay, wow. Okay, that's a bit better. Yeah, yeah. When I say goodbye, it's uh, it's all for me. But uh, no, no, to go back, uh, just to go back with, which is good to say goodbye. You know, sometimes it's like ah goodbye, and you're like ah, uh, because that's a bit intense. Uh, no, no. But to go back to uh, all the social and stuff like that, 
So sometimes on set, because obviously it's a lot of money for them and they don't want to waste, uh, to, to, they want to have the maximum uh, footage and stuff they can get. Sometimes on set, there is like 50 people. There is like, obviously like the crew, but there is also a guy who's going to do like behind the scene, a guy who's going to do uh, all the social. There is like a guy who's going to do like the video. Um, sometimes it's, it's like a lot. It's like there is like three photographers. There is like another photographer doing the, the, the still life because uh, they want the still life in the same environment. So yeah, I saw some like crazy stuff. Like it's just a, a huge uh, factory. Uh, yeah, you have like 50, 60, 60 people. And, uh, but everyone knows exactly what he needs to do. A uh, lot of time because they want video, but they want the same action. So they don't want to, to waste time. So a lot of time I have like a video guy next to me, which is capturing uh, exactly the same uh, as I'm shooting. Uh, which is also why I shoot uh, daylight or, uh, or with like continuous light and not flash for the video. And sometimes that's the opposite. Sometimes they are doing a huge video production, let's say like a, a TV prod, but they want also a photographer to do like uh, for prints and stuff like that. So sometimes that's the opposite. That happens a lot. Uh, it's a bit tricky because you arrive, uh, because generally you it's just like you and one assistant and you are in the middle of like this huge TV uh, set. And basically you have to kind of fight to have like two minutes because, because TV is something also like crazy. When I say TV, it's more like video, but, um, but video to be used as a, uh, not just on social, like, like a huge production. And, uh, it's not, the, it's not the best job for me because uh, you have to fight, uh, with, uh, all the video is video prod to get like one, one or two minutes to do your thing. Uh, that's another subject, but, uh, so if you're working with the video. So, you know, a video operator shooting next to you or behind you. Yeah. You got, you would have to use different focal lengths because if you want to shoot with telly, yeah. a telly lens, and he's got to shoot with a bigger telly lens so he's not in your frame. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm really annoying because uh, I'm shooting a lot with uh, 35 millimeters. And so. <laughs> <laughs> they must hate you. <laughs> and so, and so, yeah, yeah. So sometimes, sometimes uh, I, gi- I give a bit uh, of time uh, at the end so we can have the, the model. But generally, yeah, yeah generally uh, they shoot with a, uh, with a, uh, longer longer uh, focal got it so then after the session after the shoot your digital assistant he's given you confirmation everything's good i imagine then or i don't know does the client get those raw files or do you have to go and work on those before you deliver them premium members of photobiz exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest I've got one or two more things I want to ask you, but do you, do you help other photographers get started in advertising photography? So I, so I created uh, uh, this thing called uh, Your Advertising Photographer, which basically I help a lot of, uh, a lot of people who are doing portraits and a lot of people who are doing advert, a lot of people who are doing weddings to transition. Uh, so the transitioning is really uh, interesting because that's people who, who, you know, like wedding and lifestyle photography, it's, um, it's kind of similar. It's almost similar. Uh, meaning you work a lot with daylight. We mean we work a lot with movement and it's basically like changing your portfolio to adapt to, uh, to the client, to the client you want. Uh, so yeah, so I've been helping, uh, uh quite a lot of, uh, of uh, photographer, which is like super fun uh, to do. So, um, so it can be like a, a website review, portfolio review. Uh, so I can tell them like, okay, you should, uh, 
uh, get rid of that. You should uh, really focus because basically when you do advertising, you have to be super uh, niche. You have to be super niche. I think that the main mistake I see is people uh, try to uh, to put too many pictures on your website of different things. And so I'm always like, okay, what do you really like to do? Focus on that and remove all the other stuff. You know, it's a bit like a photographer who is doing uh, wedding, uh, portrait, uh, family, uh, newborn, senior. Uh, and it gets a bit messy. It gets a bit messy. So yeah, so that's, that's uh, I like that. Fantastic. Is there... So it's more it's more one on one help. You don't you don't have a class. It's more they contact you and then you work out how you can help them. Yeah, yeah. So right, so right now it's more like a one on one. It's more like a, a coaching session, let's say. Uh, so we do a Zoom. They show me uh, their 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 background, what they want to do, uh, and I can like give give them like a strong direction. Uh, I help them also focus on on their style because uh, advertising, you get hired for your style. So like how to find their style, uh, how to like, how to like have a little twist to, uh, to make it like recognizable, uh, and things like that. So, so just quickly with your, I mean, I look at your photography, it's amazing. And I can see it's, they look really natural. Everyone's laughing or smiling and it's, it's beautiful photography, but it's very clean. And like, in, and I see amongst portrait and wedding photographers, there's a, um, there's a lot of photographers, you know, having very dark looking images or earthy tones. They're going for a certain look in post-production. Does that still work in advertising or do you have to shoot clean? No, you have to, you have to, I mean, that's my style also. That's what I like, like kind of like minimalist, clean. Uh, I don't put like any like big filter on, on my, uh, pictures, um, it depends of the, of the person. Yeah. Yeah. I will say like advertising, mostly life, lifestyle advertising. Mostly you have to be, uh, you have to be pretty minimalist. You have to be pretty minimalist. Yeah. Yeah. If you start to, uh, to get too busy because generally it's to, to sell a product, you know, so, so you want to focus on the product. Uh, and, and when you say like it looks like supernatural and stuff, the funny thing is it's all fake. <laughs> It's all uh, recreated, <laughs> you know, like, uh, yes. like, uh, for example, for example, they're like, oh, we, we want to shoot in a, in a kid's bedroom. Uh, instead of finding a kid's bedroom, like they're going to recreate, they're going to be like a, 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 a designer set, uh, on set. They're going to recreate the whole thing. Like they are changing, like, uh, like the sofa, they are changing, like, like all the furniture. Um, so that's really the funny thing because, because my pictures, when people look at my pictures, they're like, oh, yeah, it's, I, I, can, I can do the same. It's pretty like uh, easy to do. But uh, when you do like advertising, uh, you start from scratch. So so you really uh, think about all the details, you know, like uh, the frame in the background. It's funny to think, to think that they are, rec- they are recreating a slice of life, but uh, everything is uh, totally uh, fake. Incredible. What's the best way for a listener to get in touch with you if they want some help with moving to advertising? Yeah, so right now, so they can check my website, which is uh, guillaumelechat.com, G-U-I-L-L-A-U-M-E-L-E-C-H-A-T.com. And then they can contact me uh, directly. Um, And then we can figure out like what they want uh, and, 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 and we'll work on that. 
Fantastic. I'll, I'll add links to your website and also your social media profiles uh, to accompany this audio. Um, you've been amazing, Guillaume. Let me just ask you one last thing. Big productions and 50 people and recreating things from, from scratch. Have you ever had to like reshoot a day or a session because it just didn't work? Let me, let me think about it. Let me think about it. Uh, yeah, no, okay, okay. I have, I have a lot of stories. Uh, yeah, so, so some, sometimes, so, so generally, no, because generally you have so many people uh, giving their approval. You know, you have the client is on set, uh, the creative director is on set. Like you have so many people behind the screen being like, yes or no. So obviously, like they can't say yes, and then uh, the next day being like, oh, actually, uh, because they approved it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I have like some some stories or like you know like you travel somewhere exotic on an island or something to obviously have like the beach and the blue sky, and you arrive there and it's like a, uh, there is like a massive like tornado for like a week, and you're like, okay, so what do you, what are we gonna do? And you end up shooting like uh, inside something like uh, totally uh, you did not want to do, but uh, there is no. But in terms of like reshoot and stuff, not not. Uh, not really. Sometimes I had to, to go back somewhere to just shoot plates, uh, pl- plates. It's like, a, like the environment because they wanted, uh, let's say like more sky or let's say like more of the, of the side or stuff like that. Or, or, or when you shoot like the sky was a uh, gray and they wanted like a blue sky. So sometimes you go back to the same kind of the same location and you take a bit of uh, the next day. But, um, but no, because, because everything is so like secure that basically if they are not happy, that basically their fault because uh, they could have said something uh, during the shoot um, because they, they see the picture like straight, straight away. Um, so, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, amazing. I could listen to you, your accent, your stories and about your business for another 10 hours. Uh, absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing what you have. I can't wait to, to share this with listeners. Uh, yes, no, thanks. That. that was my pleasure, really. I hope you enjoyed that interview and Guillaume's accent as much as I did. Guillaume, if you are listening again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything you did and massive congrats on the success that you found with your business. And uh, yeah, truly amazing what you're achieving. And uh, like I said, again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing what you did. For you, the listener, were there any takeaways from what you heard in today's interview? Even if you don't have any intention of going down the advertising or commercial photography road. If so, let me know. You can leave a comment in the comments area of the show notes this week. They're at photobizx.com forward slash 527. Now in those show notes, I've got links to anything and everything that you heard talked about in the episode. Plus I've got examples of Guillaume's work. And like I said in the interview, it's very lifestyle focused. Uh, it's it's different to what I was expecting from an advertising and commercial photographer. So get in and have a look at that. Check out the links that I've linked to so you can see more of his work there on socials and on his website. And uh, of course, there is a comments area at the very bottom if you do have a follow-up question or a comment you'd like to leave for Guillaume. And if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Guillaume into the members Facebook group. So you'll have easy access to him there. Unfortunately, We won't hear his French accent inside the group, but I'm sure you can picture that with his replies to any questions that you might have in the Facebook group. Alrighty, that is just about going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. I have just finished watching the 
Elite Women's World Championship Road Race in Glasgow. I was watching it on TV. It's so nice to watch these races at uh, at normal hours of the day. That has just finished on the TV. It was an exciting and fantastic race to watch. My mum and Linda have just left a little while ago for a drink at Independence Square. It's really lovely to have my mum here with us in Girona. She she turned 78 on the day that she arrived earlier this week, and it was such a big trip for her to make on her own, especially as her birthday marked exactly one year since my dad died uh, suddenly a year ago. So it's a pretty emotional and, uh, and full-on trip for mum to take on her own, but uh, we, we are loving having her here. None of her friends can believe that she's making the trip or made the trip to come to Europe on her own, even though she's with us. She's only going to be with Linda and I for a week or two before she heads off on her own to Germany and other parts of Europe on a couple of trips that she's booked. So just amazing and, uh, yeah, again, really special to have her here, especially after losing my dad a year ago. And they, they really hadn't spent a day apart since they were married in 1965. So with that being said, I am going to wrap up this outro. I'm going to get changed into some nicer clothes because everyone here, or almost everyone, is beautifully dressed. I'm going to head over to the Old Town to Independence Square. I'm going to order a gin and tonic and watch the beautiful people and the world go by while we chat, talk, laugh, reminisce and watch all the beautiful people together. Alrighty, I hope wherever you are in the world, life is good. I hope business is going great. Stay safe, healthy and well and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 